Praise God. Well, I hope um, you have um, uh, quick fingers today because I'm going to have you all over the Word this morning. Uh, if, if, if you're not sure all of the books, then get ready. You're going to be a little bit more familiar with them at the end of this message. Um, before I, I get into the message uh, this morning, just wanted uh, to again announce this Wednesday service. Our Monday, Thursday is on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. It's uh, kind of like an interactive come and go, not really come and go, but interactive uh, worship experience. We're going to have a combination of uh, worship, uh, some singing, uh, hopefully some video worship going on. Um, those of you who have been here the last couple of years, we're going to have a, a communion station set up. We're going to have a foot washing station, and we're going to have a hand washing station over here. Some people aren't quite sure about the foot washing thing, uh, but they're a little bit more comfortable with washing someone's hands. So um, this is an experience. This is a time to where you can come, and during the entire time, you can just sit in your seat and not move. You can just worship. It's just between you and God, and uh, so, so uh, nothing to be in, inhibited there with that. So we're hoping you come out for that. That's on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. All right. Praise the Lord. I <clears throat> still don't know how um, he was doing all that stuff on the guitar. I just, uh, that was amazing. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Palm Sunday. This obviously is Palm Sunday. The day that we commemorate when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Thousands of Jews were crying out as... Dick said earlier in his Bible passage, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This was a direct fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9. It was a prophecy given some 500... Now think of this. It was a prophecy given some 500 years before Jesus rode in Jerusalem. And the prophet Zechariah said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Mm. The nation of Israel... That prophecy came to and through the nation of Israel. O daughter of Zion, Jerusalem, it refers to there. Jerusalem and, and Israel, the only nation on earth that inhabits the same land, bears the same name, speaks the same language, and worships the same God that it did some three to, three to four thousand years ago. There has always been something just uh, unique and special about the nation and the people of Israel. Such a tiny nation, it's roughly the size of New Jersey. Yet they have held a prominent place all throughout time. All throughout their history, their enemies have tried to wipe them off the face of the planet going back into the Old Testament times and all of the enemies that they had and uh, through Babylon and Persia and Rome, 
All the way up into our modern times when uh, Hitler tried to uh, destroy them and eliminate them in the concentration camps to the modern day struggle that they have today against their Arab enemies to the ever-present threats of anti-Semitism. Israel has always had enemies from within and from without. But despite all of the attempts that make these people extinct, they have continued to survive and seem to have a never-say-die spirit about them. They have been called God's chosen people. His unique and special people. They have been called the elect. But I ask, is that true? The message that I was asked to speak on, I believe, is the title is, Who is Israel? And are they still God's chosen people? Now, this is Palm Sunday But realize, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, the crowds, they were anticipating their Messiah to come and save them. The word Hosanna is a word that means uh, adoration and praise, but it also means, O King, we beseech you to save us. Please come and deliver us. That's what the word Hosanna means. And so on this day that we commemorate the time that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey, He was coming to the Jews and had a word to the Jews and His message was to and through them. I want us to take us down a road to talk about this topic, but it's not just about the Jews, it's not just about Israel. There's some, what I believe, some very exciting news in this message. I've studied more for this message than I have a lot of messages that I've prepared. Um, I was, uh, several times throughout this week I was preparing, then all day yesterday I was preparing. So um, I pray that God would use what he's going to have me say. Who is Israel? And are they still God's chosen people? Who are these people and how do they come to be? A little history lesson tells us that approximately 4,100 years ago, over 4,000 years ago, a 75-year-old man was living in a land that we know of today as Iraq. He was a good man. He was a righteous man who, contrary to those nations and peoples around him who were serving uh, uh, pagan gods and many gods, he believed that there was just one true God, the one God who made the heavens and the earth. And it was this God that this man sought after. And it was this God that this man prayed to. One day, this God spoke to this man in Genesis chapter 12, and he said this, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. I want us to focus just briefly on verses 2 and 3. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. 
All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. When this man heard his God say this, he packed up his family and he left. He had no idea where he was going. Can you imagine the conversation that he had with his family? What are you doing? Well, we're packing up. Why are you packing up? Well, we're leaving. You're leaving. Why are you leaving? I don't know. Okay, so where are you going to? I have no idea where I'm going to. When are you leaving? Real soon. Will we ever see you again? I have no idea. But we're going. Can you imagine the conversation that he had with the family? Some 800 to 900 miles later, this man sensed that God said stop. And before he knew it, he was in the land of Canaan, the land that we know of today as Israel. And most of you know the story of the man that I'm speaking of. The man is... Abraham. Abraham. From this one man's act of obedience to a God without a name came the new religion of monotheism, the belief and the worship of the one true God. Folks, before that, that had never taken place. Before that, it was just whatever man wanted to do, however many gods, polytheism, and how many gods and pagan gods, and how moral and immoral did you want to be, it was fine But here is a man that instituted the worship of one true God. And over the next 1,200 years, names such as Isaac and Jacob and Moses, Samuel and Gideon, Kings David and King Solomon, Elijah, Elijah, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel, they all helped make this tiny little nation into a world power. What's amazing is that this God chose to make this nation and these people His very own, a special chosen people all to Himself. I just read you a passage from Genesis. We'll go back there to it. The Genesis passage is actually a covenant that God made with Abraham. That from his offspring, from his seed, A great nation would be born. We know that this seed came through Abraham's son, Isaac. And it was through this seed that the nation of Israel today, that you see in the news and that you see on TV and that you see on the internet, it was this seed that this nation, Israel, would be born. A nation whose population is as vast as the sands of the sea, sure. A nation that would introduce this one true God To the world. God covenanted with these people and He called them Hebrews. And He said if they would follow Him, if they would obey Him, if they would worship Him and Him alone, then He would be their God and they would be His special people. When the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt, Moses was told by God in Exodus 6 through 7 Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you from under the burdens, out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. One hundred years later, God told Jeremiah, Obey my voice. He told them to tell the people of Israel, Obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. 
so shall you be my people, and I will be your God. Through the prophet Zechariah, he even said this regarding the people of Israel. For thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Israel, the Israelites, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, they were God's special chosen people. They were the apple of his eye. The God of heaven fought for these people. He fed these people. He provided for these people. He blessed and He multiplied these people. Why why did He do that? So that they could get all the glory and the honor? No. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 1.27, But God chose the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. No other nation, no other people were like the Israelites. Romans 9 tells us that they were indeed a special people. Why were they special? Because they were adopted as His special people. They got to witness the power and the glory of God. Now think about this. They got to experience and witness the power and the glory of God. God entered another covenant with Moses and the people of Israel at that time and whenever he brought them out of Egypt. And he said to them, now listen to this, Exodus 19, 4 through 5, says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people For all the earth is mine. Then I want you to look what happened just a few verses later in Exodus 19, 17 through 18. You can just hear this. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke. Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked greatly. Then look what happened when God gave Moses instructions on the building of the tabernacle. It says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of the meeting. And the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to even go into the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God allowed the people of Israel to be adopted. He adopted them into his family. They witnessed the power and the glory of the Lord. It also tells us they they received multiple covenants from God only with the land of Israel. Did the God of the universe enter into a holy covenant? He also gave them the law and the Ten Commandments. God gave these people detailed instructions on how to serve Him. God gave them the sacrificial system that would take away the sins of the people. He specifically set apart the tribe of Levi to be a holy people, to be set apart 
consecrated for the service of the Lord. All of this was given to the nation of Israel. And through these people, the world, you and I, we were introduced to this monotheism, the worship of the one true God. The ethics, the morals of the Judeo-Christian principles is what established and formed the United States of America. All of this came to and through the nation of Israel. And as if that wasn't enough, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, would come to and through Israel. He would come through the lineage and the descent of Israel. More on this later, but can you imagine the honor and the privilege it was just to be born an Israelite? Wow. Let me take a breath. I don't know if any of you have jumped on this website, Ancestry.com, or there's other things out there as well, Heritage.com. If you've ever visited one of these sites or if you've ever been curious about your family or your past or uh, where you've come from or some of those in your past, who you're related to, some of you probably don't want to know who you're related to and what your past is. Um, I did some research. You, you might have a hard time believing this, but this is true. Um, some interesting facts from people's past. Uh, Kate Middleton. I don't know. Is she princess yet? I don't know. She's in line to be queen, I don't know, of, of England. But uh, um, uh, Kate Middleton, uh, she found out that she is an eighth cousin, eight times removed from George Washington. Isn't that interesting? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a third cousin four times removed from President Abraham Lincoln. You'll find this interesting. Our former, former president, George Bush, he is a cousin to his own, or, was a, or is a cousin to his own vice president, Dick Cheney, cousin to Brad Pitt. He has relations to Princess Diana. And believe it or not, you can look this up. I told this to my kids this week. They said, yeah, right, Dad. Believe it or not, he is a distant cousin to this person right here. That is awesome. Maybe they're related back there too. I don't know. Hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe. Someone had given this to me years ago, and you can't really see what it is, but it, it is um, it's a description, it's a historical description of the name Barnhouse. It uh, goes back to the 11th century. Um, it has the coat of arms, and it has all the fancy stuff that goes years back, and it tells you about our family history, and kind of where our name, kind of where we came from, and but I've got to tell you, there's nothing really exciting in here. Um, I was looking for riches, and I was looking for gold, and I was looking for you know jewels, and there's no castles in here under the barn house name. There's no land. There's nothing that I can get real excited about in my past. I have a question for you. What if you found out this morning... That you were a direct 
descendant, based on everything that I just told you this morning about the land of Israel, about the people of Israel? What if I told you this morning that you were a direct descendant of one of the twelve tribes of Israel? I mean, immediately you could say, I'm one of them. I'm one of the so-called chosen few. The history of the Hebrews we just talked about is now your history. The 4,000-year-old heritage is now your heritage. Oh, to be a part of God's chosen people. To be a part of His elect. A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Can you imagine if you found that out? But, more than likely, most everyone here this morning... We're all Gentiles. What is a Gentile? Some of you may have never really known what a Gentile is. A Gentile, according to Jewish uh, definition, are those... Now listen to me. This is what you and I are, according to the Israelites. A Gentile are those not chosen. Those not considered special in the eyes of God. Instead, we've been left outside of the camp. We're considered illegal aliens, strangers, foreigners, unable to claim any special privileges for you and I to be considered chosen and favored of God. There is no hope. Has anyone here ever felt like, you don't have to answer this, but you ever felt like you've just been left out of things? Um, how many of you were probably one of those kids in grade school when it came time to choosing uh, teams for dodgeball? You're always one of the last two or three to ever get chosen. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Just kind of, I'm seeing some of you shake your head, bless your heart. Just have kind of felt left out. When it comes to all of this, we've kind of been left out, haven't we? But my question this morning is, is this true? Are the Jews of today still God's chosen people? Are they still God's elect? Has anything changed that? Is there any hope for you and I? Is there any hope for you and I as Gentiles? Uh, Is there any hope for us to have special favor with God? Or have we missed out just because we were not born Jewish? As we've talked about before, God has established various covenants with the land of Israel. But there's one more covenant I'm going to tell you about. And this covenant, this covenant changed everything. Jeremiah, if you want to follow, Jeremiah 31, 31, if you want to follow. Get ready, we're going to go through a lot more verses here. Jeremiah 31, 31. If you came here this morning without any hope, (laughs) this message might be for you. Jeremiah 31, 31, and let's read it. It will be on the screen. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with your ancestors when I took them by the hand and 
brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant. Though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sin. Now turn over to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. What is this saying? What is this covenant that God made through the prophet Jeremiah hundreds of years, thousands of years ago? Hebrews chapter 8. This will not be on the screen, but let's look at it in our word here. Hebrews tells us the meaning behind what I just read to you. Hebrews chapter 8, <clears throat> starting, with verses six, starting with verse 6. He, meaning Jesus, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Verse 8. Because finding fault with them, he was talking about the nation of Israel. He found fault with them. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hebrews just quoted what we just talked about in Jeremiah. This covenant which came through the Jews was made possible by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus sealed it with His blood, providing salvation to all people. Through Jesus' sacrifice, we now have a new covenant. Jesus even testified to this in Luke 22.20 when He said after supper He took another cup of wine and He said this cup is the new covenant between God and His people. An agreement confirmed with My blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Hebrews 8 reveals that the initial covenant that God made with the Israelites was no longer valid. It was no longer sufficient because the Jews were stiff-necked people. They constantly turned their back on God. They constantly rebelled against God. They broke their end of the covenant. Remember last week we talked about a covenant. 
is a relationship, is an agreement between two parties. Israel repeatedly over the years and over the centuries broke their end of the bargain. It was time for a better covenant. So what does all this mean now that God has established a new covenant through Jesus Christ? What does all this say about those who were born Jews? What about those I just talked about in length about how they were the chosen ones? They were God's elect, elect his special people. What does this say about those people? You don't have to turn there. But Romans 9 tells us, several things about the Jews. Paul, and this is saying something because Paul, Paul is a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee. He was zealous. If there was anybody who was an Israelite and a Jew, it was Paul. And listen to some of the things that Paul said about his countrymen. Romans 9, 2 through 3. I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. Romans 10.1 Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Romans 9.6-8 But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of flesh, these are not the children of God. Here we go. The children of the promise are counted as seed. Romans 11.15 Romans 11.15 For if there, speaking of the Israelites, the Jews, for if they're being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from death? Go down to verse 20 if you're following along. Because of unbelief, they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who fell, severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And they also, speaking of the Jews, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. These passages tell us that God will not even spare the Jews. Paul's countrymen, because they had not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior by faith, they would be cut off. They will be cast away. However, they are not without hope. They too can be grafted back in if they change and their place of faith in Jesus Christ is firm. Paul says how glorious it would be. Can you imagine if you were born a Jew, all the promises, all the covenants, all the wonderful things that was introduced to the world through your race, through your people. Can you imagine how glorious and how complete it would be if you finally accepted the one that was sent to you and through you, Jesus Christ? Paul says it would be like just bringing back someone from the dead. 
That is our prayer for our Jewish brothers and sisters. That is our prayer for those of the nation of Israel. But the next question that I have for us is, we just heard what this says about the Jews. What is Paul saying about us Gentiles? Oh, there is good, good news in this. Romans 2. Let's go to Romans 2. If you're following this, Romans 2, 28 and 29. This is important that we follow this. Romans 2, 28, 29. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Talking about being a descendant of Israel. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Go back to Romans 9. I told you I'm going to have you everywhere. Romans 9, verse 8. Listen to this, though. There's a word here. Romans 9, verse 8. I love hearing those pages out there. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise. Highlight that word promise. But the children of the promise are counted as seed. Go to Romans 9, 24 through 26. 24, even as whom he called, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. (laughs) That's now us. Put your name there, folks. I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not beloved. And that shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There shall they shall be called the sons of the living God. Go over to Romans 10, 12 through 13. Romans 10, 12 through 13. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is over, over all, is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't look at these, don't look these up, but look what Peter says. And you are living stones. Now us in Christ Jesus. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. For you, what's it say? You are a chosen people, praise the Lord. There has been a switch here, church. There has been a change here. You are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For He called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Still not convinced? Let me show you one more. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens. You ever been called that before? <laughs> In those days, you were living apart from Christ. 
You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You were left out. You had no place. You had no hope. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in His own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and no longer foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Somebody say amen to that. You have a wonderful heritage and a wonderful future. No longer are you left out. No longer are you excluded. You are now within the camp. Go one more place with me. One more place. Turn to Galatians 3. And then I'm going to try and bring this in for a landing. As you're turning there, I want to talk about the seed. I want to conclude by going back to that first covenant that God made with Abraham. This is not in the Galatians, but Galatians 3. You'll go to Galatians 3. But let me review the covenant that God made with Abraham. It says, Now the Lord God said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the nations shall be blessed. The book of Galatians reveals that there is a double meaning behind the covenant I just read again to you. There is a double meaning behind the covenant that God... Now listen, this is a covenant that God made with Abraham about over 4,000 years ago. Don't take that for granted. This is real stuff here. 4,000 years ago. And Galatians reveals the details of this double meaning covenant. Galatians 3, 7 through 8. Galatians 3, 7 through 8. Therefore we know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, Preach the gospel of Abraham before him, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Then go to 16 through 17. Now to Abraham and now hear, hear this. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say into seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. What is all of this saying? 
Number one, the great nation of Israel would be born through the lineage of Abraham. This was promised in Genesis 12:2, and it was fulfilled through the descendants of Isaac. But more importantly, number two, Genesis 12:3 reveals that a second meaning, a glorious meaning, appears to us. God, in essence, said this to Abraham. Abraham, because you have been a man of faith and have believed in me and have followed me in all of your ways, not only am I going to make you a great nation, a physical nation, but through your lineage, through your seed, singular, I am going to send, he said this 4,000 years ago, because of your faith, I am going to send a man, I am going to send a savior, I am going to send a Messiah into the world. Abraham, I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save the world from their sins. 4,000 years ago he said that. Wow, can you tell I've been excited this week? Abraham, some 2,000 years after you are gone, my son will come through the physical lineage of Israel. He will be hailed as the lion from the tribe of Judah. And any man who puts the same faith that you have displayed in my son, Jesus Christ, will be saved. That is how in you all of the nations will be blessed. Folks, I said remember that promise in Romans 9.8. The promise referred to in Romans 9.8, the seed that we just talked about here in Galatians is none other than Jesus Christ. And by placing faith in Him, anyone can now become a part of the new Israel can now be God's chosen, can now be favored of God, can now be God's elect. Anyone can now be a child of God. Yes, praise the Lord. No wonder the great Reformation movement was started when Martin Luther saw in this passage right here in Galatians 3.11 when it says, For the just shall live by faith. That's how the Reformation movement got started. Some of you still may be asking, Pastor, what about the Jews of today? We hear all this news about them and it seems like they're constantly in wars and disturbances and people trying to take them out. Listen, do you remember in that original covenant, God says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. I believe that the only hope for them is still in Jesus Christ. The Word of God just told us that. If they want to be saved, they must go through the same journey that we go through. They must go down the same path. They too must bend their knee in obedience and in salvation and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But I believe that they are special in God's eyes. God, God says, look, I will bless whomever I want to bless. I, I, I will take care of whoever it is that I feel like taking care of. Okay? And I believe that we as a nation, as the United States of America, that we still need to befriend Israel. I believe that God is trying to give them every 
opportunity. I heard back in 1948 when Israel regained their uh, national uh, recognition again, when they became a state, there were several battles that were taking place. And I've heard stories that there are some battles that there is no way that the people of Israel should have won that battle. But in the end, they ended up winning. They had no idea how it happened. I believe God very easily could have helped them win those battles because he's trying to give them every chance possible. I believe that. They are still a privileged people because that which was told to the angels or from the angels to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This good news that we talk about on Christmas time, during Christmas time, it came to and through the lineage of Israel. What a beautiful thing. And my last scripture verse, and then I'm done. You don't have to turn there. Whew, praise God. The person who gave me this topic is here today, and I want to thank you for that. I've never preached a message like this before. I don't know if this is the meaning of what you were trying to get out, but this is what I got out of it. One more passage, Galatians 3. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true Children of Abraham. That's right, Rudy. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Praise the Lord. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem and on Palm Sunday morning on a donkey, he could have been saying something like this. Jews. Jesus was a Jew. He came from that lineage. Jews, Israelites, Gentiles, anyone who has an ear to hear, let him hear that I am that seed promised to come through Abraham. I am the promised one sent to bless all the nations of the earth. No longer do you have to be left out. No longer are you left without hope. No longer do you stand on the outside of the camp. No longer do you have to feel like a foreigner or an alien. No longer do you have to feel like a stranger. Just follow me. Put your faith in me and I will make you a treasured child of God. We say, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David this morning. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord for our Messiah and our Savior has come. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Some of you may not have caught everything with that. You might need to get a copy of that message. I threw a lot of verses at you. Dig it. Study it. Folks, according to God's word, we at one point in time, we Gentiles, we were left out. Because we weren't born into Jewish heritage, we were left out. We had no hope. Had no hope of being a child of God. But I'm so glad that from the foundation of the world, God had you in mind. God had me in mind. Had you and I in mind to receive the salvation, the promise that was going to come for you and me. I don't really know how to end this this morning, but we're going to head and end this. Mandy and the singers, if you all want to come up. I think I'm just going to sing a simple chorus.
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I will say this. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never used the same faith that Abraham used to believe in his God, if you've never done that, then you are still on the outside. You are still on the outside of the camp. You are still a stranger. You are still an alien. You're still a foreigner. But if you've accepted Christ, you're now one of them. You're now one of God's chosen people. And if you're here this morning, if you don't know Christ, we would love to pray with you. The altars are open. Grab someone before you leave and say, hey, I've got to talk. Can I talk to you about some things? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. We praise you. Thank you for the glorious truth of your word. God, I thank you. That, Lord, the gospel wasn't just for the Israelites. The gospel is for all of us. Lord, we thank you. And Jesus, as you rode in to Jerusalem, the focus was the people of Israel, the Jews, the Hebrews. But Jesus, your focus, your focus was on us. <laughs> your focus was on all of those who need to be saved. Lord, thank you for including us. Thank you for loving us, God. We praise you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Lord, if there's someone here that is not yet in the camp, but there is someone here who cannot say that they've accepted you as their Savior, Father, they're, they're still a stranger. Lord, they may not be a stranger to their family members or their neighbor, but Lord, they're a stranger to you. And God, you want them to be a child. You want them to place their faith in Jesus Christ and you this morning. Lord, if there's anyone here that is in that condition, I pray, Father, that they'll come this morning and just say a simple prayer. Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need you. I've messed up. I've done wrong. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross and that you rose again three days later. And I confess my sins and I ask you to come in and be a, be a part of my life. Be my life this morning, Jesus. Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to say that prayer, this could be their time to be brought into the camp. We thank you for that. Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Would you stand, please? Let's just sing this simple chorus of praise. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy
bless you. Thank you for coming. I'm going to ask Dick if he'll come and dismiss us in prayer. For those of you that are staying, remember there's that uh, dinner afterwards. And Dick, if you just want to pray for that, go ahead, brother. God bless you. Thank you for the message this morning, Lord, and the heritage we have, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of being called a child of God. Yes. A spiritual Jew this morning. We appreciate that privilege and honor. Thank you for the word of God this morning, Lord. Thank you for each one that's here, Lord, and we ask that your blessing be upon each one. Go with us today. Help us to love you, Father, and serve you. And we pray for the meal that's been prepared, Lord. We thank you for our food and ask your blessing on it. Bless our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're dismissed.